Catch up on all the live shows right here on africatechradio.com. Of course, no one intentionally plans to end up in a bad marriage after years of being careful, waiting patiently and taking your time to find the right partner. But marriages are supposedly ending up in divorce, uh, partners having to go separate ways, children being affected by the decisions of their parents. Personally, I believe that a healthy relationship usually doesn't deteriorate overnight. There would have been maybe signs of inconsistency and recurring problems before reaching this critical point where tough decision has to be made. So today I want to know, is there a way to fix marriage or renew that spark between a married couple? Hello and welcome to Cruise Control with Buki on Africa Tech Radio. I am pretty excited about today's conversation as we will be delving into the world of marriage counseling and ways to help save modern marriages. I know you're asking me, what is a modern marriage? I mean this to say young people are getting married these days. So we have a lot of young couples coming together and deciding to spend their lifetime together taking vows in front of families, loved ones, friends, and people where wishes, basically. So, but at some point, they get to that rocky rock bottom in marriages and don't know exactly how to fix it. But today I have Mrs. Bridget Itsueli. She is a well-known international and national speaker. She's a marriage counselor and a teacher of over 35 years of experience teaching on sexuality education for parents, youth, and practical skills in counseling. Mrs. Esweli has also designed special training courses for the integral development and growth of members of the family in the home and the society. Ladies and gentlemen, I have Mrs. Bridget with me on Cruise Control this morning. Good morning, Ma. Good morning and greetings, everyone. Thank you for having me on this program, Okay. Thanks for your presence and deciding to share your time with us this morning. So, Ma, I would kick off by asking... With these uh, long years of experience in marriage counseling and, of course, um, having an organization that trains people for uh, development and growth of the family and instilling values, family values in the family and organization, maybe the society at large, can I say, is there a difference in the type of marriage counseling we have back then and one we have now? Well, the thing is, I like the point you made. Um, earlier, you talked about modern marriages. That's the key focus. Right. Today's marriages, who are those who get married? What is the component of what they expect in their lives? What was happening in the past and what is happening today? Let us start from in the past. In the past, when people got married, they were told, don't tell anyone else your problem. It's just the two of you. And it was fine because women were at the receiving end. So they just kept quiet and parents would advise young women, just be patient, just be patient. And the women were patient and some stayed in bad marriages and raised their kids. And thank God their kids, some turned out okay, some didn't. However, the institution had the appearance of lasting and being happy. Now in the modern day, the expectations of women are different from their grandmothers. Mm -hmm. And the women are not ready to hear anymore you know, sit down and be patient. The men themselves have evolved. They expect a lot more from life. They're more competitive. They're ready to get out of anything that's not working towards the goal of their life. The social media has also made it easy for people not to be as secretive as they used to be. There's more information on the social media. People talk about their stories. And then the counselor has morphed into a therapist. 
a word that sounds very modern and very sort of a comeuppance kind of word. And so I'm going to see my therapist is actually almost something like, you know, I'm smart. I'm seeing a therapist. The counselor was an old term. The therapist is a new term. And so that's the same thing. You have counselors who are just psychologists, who are social workers, and you have and helpers, and you have psychologists who are psychologists who have learned how to do this technically in their work, and there are psychiatrists who go for when you have a crisis and you're going, you know, you don't know your emotional state, it's all jumbled up. So it's a, it's a broad spectrum, and depending on the kind of help you need, but most people need to see a counselor, a counselor who has experience in social work and in psychology, who can take them through the understanding of their own behavior and understanding of their spouse's behavior. So to be able to live with someone else, you need some kind of accompaniment, some kind of guide, some kind of referee who would help you understand better. Why is that important now? It's important now because of the competitiveness out there, because everyone wants to make it. Everyone wants to do nice things. Everyone wants to do. There's so much expectation that we have of ourselves that if I start spending time just trying to understand my spouse and struggling with it every day, it would defocus me on other things. And what would happen is I will abandon the family, head for those things, and in the last minute, realize that work, career, whatever you want to place before family Mm -hmm. actually doesn't give that support. And so you come back in regret. Therefore, because of the modern marriage, the modern demands on the young professional, and almost everyone is a professional, from the market person to the office executive, everyone is professional. From the person who, the domestic who works in our home. So we all need help to understand the basic area in which we operate. What gives us the most important thing in our lives, the joy, our kids, yeah. our husbands, our parents. We need to be helped to get on with them so that when we get out there in the competitive world, we have something behind us that says, I'm good to go. And that's why marriage counseling is very important or seeking therapy from a marriage counselor. Same thing. I would still talk about the stress of day-to-day life, which so many people go through. I mean, work is now very demanding. There's high competition outside, like you mentioned, and most couples are looking to come back home to peace of mind, which is something that most people would not compromise for anything and leads to having issues here and there. But I would ask, at what point of crisis is it very important to start seeking marriage counseling? Let me put it this way. First of all, before you get married, there's the romantic period. Mm-hmm. Romance and beauty, love letters and outings. And then there is a the marriage. Mm-hmm. And then it brings responsibilities for which the sudden change can be a shock to many. So that first shock is, so this marriage after all is not as romantic as I thought it was. We're now back to the mundane things and you are tired of it. You begin to stay with your partner morning, noon, and night. It's possible that one day you'll wake up and say, how did I get to marry this guy? Or how did I get to marry this girl? What kind of a monster have I got myself linked with? And the disillusionment can go on and on without the couple actually realizing what's going on. 
It's very small, insidious, every day, chipping at the patience of each of you. And then when you go out to work in a place like Lagos, where you people work more than 40 hours a week, you leave home with your best self, you come back with your worst self to give your partner your worst self, to give your children your worst self, because work has really taken a terrible thing out of you. So disillusionment grows. If you don't work at it, it worsens and ends up in resentment, bitterness, and we will just manage it. And so we need to address the issue. How do we prepare people for these various stages in marriage? And how do we help them see that this marriage can work for you and that you need to make adjustments to it? And I think that preparing people for marriage needs to start from a very early age. We need to start looking at teenagers and talking to them about sexuality, about lovemaking. A lot of marriages are really dead on lovemaking. Um, the couples are never happy with each other. And so this is fueling extramarital affairs. When love flies out of the window and disillusionment sets in, the couple panic. And the male sex always has, you know, because it's culturally acceptable, it's easier for an African man to fall. Not that he is weak. I keep saying that the mistake people make of the African man is he's not weak. He is not weak. He's a man. That's all that he is. But if we have a cultural environment that says it's okay to do this, it's okay to do that. But what's happening now that women have the same chance of having an affair because of professional work, going out of the home, staying long hours after the home, we are discovering in the research we're doing that women are quickly catching up in having extramarital affairs. So we need to really sit down and think about it. What's good for the gander is what many of them are saying is good for the good. So is this not going to threaten our happiness as a family, as a couple? So marriage preparation must take place. The churches try to do a bit, but it's often from the point of view of the religion, the faith. But we don't really need to counsel people and train them in understanding behavior and learning how to communicate with their spouse so that they can get the best out of their spouse. It's a learning thing. There is nothing you can do. Marriage is not natural. You just, I mean, it's natural to us to marry, but being happy in marriage is not natural. You've got to work at it. And when you work at it and you're focused, you get it. At what stage is it critical to seek counseling? Because some people think, oh, like... Me, for example, I'm from the Western part and people think it's okay to have family uh, sit down, just have the conversation. And it's changing. Time is changing things where people don't want to have that kind of conversation with their family. They, they are basically seeking the help of a professional. So at what point is it critical that you need to invite a professional into your marriage crisis? That point is who do they see in the first place? For a start, not a family member. Family members cannot be objective. Mm -hmm. And this is just the truth of the matter. When you bring family into the discussion, they understand their own. And they're ready to defend their own side. And so they will never see the other side. A few would try. And when they try, they, especially the parents of the girl, they push her into, oh, we can't just go and do it. Everybody else has stayed married. So family is not essentially the best place to go to. Seek a professional in, and at what point you say, honestly, from the very beginning, 
I think that every couple from the day of their marriage should have a mentor, a couple mentor that takes them through a minimum of three years and a maximum of five years. So that when the disillusionment begins, there is someone right there to say, ah, 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 hold it. You know, this happens normally. This is not odd. Let's sit down and work through this. So that, you know, one thing human beings like to hear is that I'm not alone going through this. Yeah. There is usually fear. Mm-hmm. There's usually fear when couples think that this disillusionment is going to last forever. So it usually doesn't. You talked about having a mentor. Most people, especially the young people, are still talking about the modern age, the modern marriages. They feel like having a couple goal. Because when you go on social media, you see people highlighting the good parts of their relationship, the good part of their family, the good part of their marriages that is working. And other people are like, they, they, they want, they crave for something like that. They start hashtagging, hashtag couples go, hashtag relationship goals, and not knowing exactly what works behind uh, the scene for them. So is having a marriage role model or a marriage mentor can it be able to help save marriage? Because some people idealize their pastors, their like maybe a higher colleague or someone celebrity. They think that, okay, because this person does it this way, I should apply the same method and it's going to work for me. Does that help bridge the gap between having uh, marriage problems and wanting to solve it at the same time because you look up to somebody? In a way, I think the church the religious institutions stand in a position to help younger couples by identifying couples within the religious establishment, not chosen by the couple, but people who have been tested and known to be objective persons who have lived a life that, not that their lives are, have been perfect, but in fact, especially if their lives have not been perfect, but they have managed to live in harmony and enjoy and in love, that is evident. And that exists among quite a few couples now. So within the church or religious institutions, they are best, best to set up that kind of system. Now, Relate Africa, knowing that not all churches have that system, was why I founded my NGO. Okay. The NGO is there to provide this. We provide marriage preparation, and then we provide mentoring. So the mentoring is over time and the couple know they can keep coming back. Oh, this happened to us. But because we give them a basic understanding of what marriage means, they get on on their own and they're watching out for the disillusionment. When it starts, they call, what shall we do? So you find that they're happier. They know that it can be handled. One thing that causes deep depression in marriage is when you think, I can't change this person. I can't change this situation. But you can. Nobody is made of lead. You can't change the person, but the person can be directed and led to see that their behavior pattern is not bringing them joy or happiness in this relationship. Mm-hmm. And so you learn, you teach them how to act in ways that will bring them the happiness they seek rather than sabotage their own happiness by behavior that is inappropriate to their spouse or to their partner. So it's a learning curve. Marriage is a learning thing. I remember an old uh, gentleman when I was much younger Mm -hmm. saying to me, he was 60 then, 65, and he had retired. And he said to me, if I know what I know now, 
I would never have quarreled with my wife all those years we were young. <laughs> if I know what I know now, I would not allowed her to, you know, I would have listened more to her. Did you share what she knows now? Well, yes, he was exactly. He's sharing with me now. Okay. I would have shared. I would have shared more with her. I would have, you know, listened more to her. Mm-hmm. But as a young Turk, you know, he's quite a go-getter man. Yeah. He thought he could get the world all by himself, and that his wife was just an appendage, you know, that he has to carry around, mm-hmm. uh, and sometimes an inconvenient one because he couldn't then do what he wanted to do. She would ask, "When are you coming home? Where are you going?" He says now if he knew, he would realize that working with her would actually have prospered him better than fighting her. And this is the truth about many people come to realize later on in marriage, by which time the past that can be changed has happened. What we're saying to the young today, don't have a past that can be changed. Change what you're doing now. Let it work for your happiness. Happiness in marriage is possible and true and real and sustainable if couples can get the help they need when they need it. An appropriate help, you know? Yeah. So this is why I am running a school where we're teaching people to counsel. Um, it's a Christian counseling system, but still it's based on human behavior, understanding people, and finding a way to adjust. Marriage counseling is a must in this time that we're in. But I don't like to call it counseling because counseling for some people denotes that we're having problems, which is why I prefer the word accompanying couples or mentoring couples. You know, we accompany couples soon after they get married and help them keep in touch with them. They also know they have a place to go to. Mm. And I think that's the, that's the, the first thing. You have this place to come to when there is you know, a breakdown between you and your, your spouse. And with that, people are more, much more relaxed. Mm. And when they come for the uh, pre-marriage counseling, we give them the tools to help them examine their conflict situation and see whether they can work it out themselves or come back to us to work it out with them. So this is just the story of marriage counseling. So, um, you mentioned that having a mentor is good because sometimes people think that having a hashtag couples goal is just words and, uh, implementation is different from words when action, action is different from words. Um, and sometimes I believe that people could be a good fit for each other. Let's say I am dating somebody. I'm a good fit for that person. That person is a good fit for me. But over time, we've gone through different stages and phases in our life. We become like, we start growing apart. And some of them, we get to the point where it becomes irreconcilable differences, which is what we hear most people talk about when they are going through a difficult period in their marriages and deciding to want to separate. So at what point can we say issues can be compromised to save the marriage? Because most people think that their issues that they are, that they are going through cannot be salvaged. At what point can we save this marriage by compromise? Really, if I had to say one thing, there is no such thing as irreconcilable differences. It doesn't exist unless we create it. Mm. Persons create the differences. For a start, we are different, male and female, who get into a marriage. Men have a way of thinking. Women have a way of thinking. 
And that's not because neither one is better or worse, just a different way of viewing and apprehending the world. So the first conflict, then there's a conflict of the way we were raised. Mm. You're raised differently from the person you marry. Some people were raised in the continent of Africa. Others are raised in the continent of Europe or America. They meet, they fall in love, they marry. But the cultural antecedents they've inherited create misunderstandings. They are not irreconcilable. They're only irreconcilable when I I refuse to reconcile them. The word reconcile exists and the word irreconcilable, you know, irreconcilable exists. So the point here for me is that if I choose to reconcile my attitude and make adjustments, then I will have a good relationship. And this is called for in any place. If you get a job and you don't like your boss, but your boss, you get it's a good job, you enjoy the job, but for crying out loud, you just don't like this person. You learn to live with the person. You learn to adjust your manners. You find out what that person likes because you try to get other jobs, but this job is just it, except for this person. We make an effort, you know? So any office you're working, you have to adjust the people you're working with. The difference between the office and the home is that you're not with that person for the rest of your life. Marriage, you're not supposed to marry two times, three times while the other person is not a serial relationship. It's a one person relationship. And why do people have serial marriages in the end? That problem in them, let's just take something. A man who's lazy mm-hmm. and a woman who's difficult and they get married. They fell in love and they got married and realized that, hey, this man is really lazy and this one is really difficult and on bending. All she has to do is understand who she's living with and try and bend. He has to try and find, they meet halfway and they keep recognizing that they have to keep adjusting. And that is the state of maturation. Maturation is the capacity to see others and allow them be, allow them exist and accept them to exist. Maturity is about recognizing that I have a right to be who I want to be. But if that who I want to be is upsetting you and we're in a, an intimate relationship like marriage, I also have the right to tell myself, what's my focus in this marriage? Is it to be happy? What is it that's causing this problem? Is it because I am this, I am that? And so that is the thing that you need to check. I want to have a big business my wife doesn't want. My wife wants big business I don't want. It's just a discussion, an understanding of where each person is and the alternative. Mm-hmm. That man who says I won't change remains as he is and mar- leaves this woman and marries a softer woman who yields to whatever his weakness is. After a while, he will discover that she was not tolerated because he's not going to change. And perhaps she herself is tired of dealing with it. So there is Something about us that no matter what, if it is not the laziness the spouse is worried about, the spouse will be worried about something else about the person. So a woman who, or a man who will tolerate a lazy spouse, or who left a woman who insists, or a man who insists on no laziness, will leave this one, go to another one, actually find a man or a woman who is happy with the laziness, but who is unhappy with something else that is in the man or that is in the woman. Because we're not perfect, it is not possible that we will not have irreconcilable differences. You mentioned that some people would not change. 
because life has different stage and we become different people at different time. And the person you might have married was really good to you. At some point, the stress of life, day-to-day struggle has made this person change and maybe financial um, incapability also. But all of these things we can actually communicate and work on. At some point, it becomes um, something that has um, grown so big and hoovers around the family. There's this negative air, there's this negative energy when you come into that space and you don't feel your partner again, which is what most of our mothers, I would say, went through and they stuck through because of the children. They stayed with in a bad marriage because of, okay, what will people say? How will I fend for my children? How will I survive when I go alone? So are you saying that they should stick it through with the man that has refused to change or the marriage that has become quite unhealthy for them? Listen, we're talking here about marriage counseling and we're talking about the fact that irreconcilable differences don't exist unless we, we want them to exist because we can reconcile our differences, okay? Therefore, what I had said earlier, I repeat, Mm -hmm. we are in a challenging modern environment where everyone is almost a victim of the world. We need an anchor somewhere. And marriage and family is an anchor of hope. It is where I fell in love with someone and I chose to marry the person. Or if I didn't fall in love with the person and marry the person, where there was an arranged marriage at which family and friends told me that this person is good for me. And I've looked at it. The person's antecedents are fine. So we marry. Therefore, marriage, whether through an arranged marriage, that is not a forced marriage, there's a difference between a forced marriage and an arranged marriage. An arranged marriage is where someone who knows both partners see that they would work because they have antecedents that are similar. Mm -hmm. So, We then take it that marriage kicks off with some kind of liking, okay? Some kind of liking. And so if that liking is there and they are intimate sexually and they start having children, you know, sex children, this is the most intimate relationship anyone can have in the whole world. You don't share children with many, many people in the whole world. Mm -hmm. So that then means that this is a special form of relationship and needs caring. It then means, what am I prepared to offer to this relationship? Except in cases where there is a mental illness. And there are many things that we have said to be mental. Addiction, sexual addiction, drug addiction, alcoholism, domestic violence. These are behaviors that are abnormal to the expectations of marriage. And therefore, they need to be taken aside and looked at. We cannot say these people need therapy. All addictions are treated in mental hospitals anywhere in the world. So a person has an addiction, that person is ill. A person hits another person that's not a goat, that's not an animal. Goat, Stephen, if you beat a dog, it won't come back to you. So you keep beating a person and you keep beating that person. Then something is wrong with the person who is beating, the aggressor. That person needs therapy. Need medical therapy, not just counseling therapy, medically based therapy before that marriage can go ahead. Yeah. So uh, we're talking now about irreconcilable differences. I refuse to change my character. Yeah, I refuse to change my behavior. Mm-hmm. I refuse to do that which is right for me to have a happy home. Then something is wrong with me too. I need help, but not of that medical 
whatever. We need a mental readjustment, a renewal of the mind to help us get in. But first and foremost is to make people see that marriage works for them, that marriage is the best thing, health-wise, growing-wise, character-wise, maturation-wise. Human beings grow best in a family environment where there is love. And therefore, if I know that my marriage is what is going to help me grow in my life and mature, why wouldn't I give it what it takes? So I think we've not been explaining to people what marriage is. Many people marry for other reasons other than their own well-being. Marriage is for the well-being of the spouses, the good of the spouses to be able to achieve in their lives the goals that they have planned for themselves. Uh, thank you so much for that, Ma. But in a situation where one partner has all of this problem and is being highlighted in the house, how can you convince that person that, you know what, you need, you need therapy, you need for us to go sit down with um, a professional and talk our problems through? Because some people might accept that, oh, I need help, but seeking that help would be a problem because pride and ego or maybe, oh, they don't have enough time. So how can you convince your partner to go to therapy with you? Okay, that's why I came on this program with you. Yes, ma. I thought you're doing a great job there, and I thought I would support that. And I felt that this program will tell people you can get help. Mm -hmm. You can get help. And it's important that you do. The minute you notice that your marriage is making you angry, making you afraid, or making you sad, seek a counselor. So it's very, very important that this happens. And everybody knows we have a thermometer in our soul mm -hmm. that tells us I am not happy in this relationship. That's the time to seek professional help. Don't go to agony aunties. Agony aunties are people who just tell you, okay, you go and do this, you go and do this. Mm -hmm. Go to a professional, seek professional. And we need to advertise more and more. Go to a proper professional in giving married couples counseling and facilitating their adjustment to each other. That's the key word. We must facilitate the adjustments couples need to make to be able to live in the same space and grow to the maturation and level that they want to in their dream life. Thank you so much, Ma. You've said so much insightful stuff that people, I'm sure the, someone listening right now would definitely be having a change of mind and a renewal of mind also. But let's go away with one advice from you, Ma. For people trying to sustain their home and keep the marriage working before they decide to, okay, you know, at this point I need therapy. What would be your advice to anyone listening that hopes to save their marriage? Start today to value the other person. There is nobody so bad that doesn't have a good point. Remember, you entered this marriage for good. You saw good in this person. That good hasn't disappeared. You just have stopped seeing it. So anyone who's listening to this program, as soon as this program is over and you're married, go and tell your spouse the best quality you think that person has. Very often, we stop praising each other. We start blaming. Change your communication from blame to praise. And then watch that person adjust, agree to adjust their behavior to live with you. So the first thing is be focused on self and reach out to that person. As much as you are quarreling every day, there is a good point. So maybe it's a woman who thinks 
her husband isn't fancy, doesn't have money, go to him and say, I am very glad the way you support me in taking the children to school. Thank you so much for that. So the woman who the husband thinks is nothing and she doesn't work and doesn't bring money because money seems to be the big thing everybody is looking for. Go to that wife and say, my wife, thank you so much for the lovely meals you cook. Thank you for just even being there so that I can come home to something. And say this every day. You can see that their communication will change. It's like magic. I look forward to um, hearing you. If you're listening to me, maybe share the, some of the magic that has happened after implementing all of this advice from Mrs. Bridget. Thank you so much, Ma, for sharing all of these nuggets and help uh, information with us. Is there a social media handle we can connect with for people looking to further this conversation? Yes, www.relateafrica.org. Okay, Ma. What about social media? Um, we have uh, a Relate Africa social um, Instagram, I think, but I'm not very good. You know, my PA would know better about this, but um, on our website, you would find our Instagram handle. Yeah. Thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Bookie, for, for this initiative, and I hope it helps people to see that they should get up quickly and seek counsel, and they'll be amazed the magic it will bring to their love and their relationship. All right. Thank you. Okay, that was an interesting conversation with Mrs. Bridget. I'm sure you've gained one or two things because I, listening personally, I have some things that I've written down in my notes that I'm going to practice as soon as I go home. I mean, I'm trying to save my relationship. Anthony's looking at me. I'm not married, but I have a relationship. And these things are also applicable to your relationship. You don't have to wait till you're married before you seek counseling. Uh, you can seek it before marriage, during marriage, and while you're going through your ups and downs. But don't forget to follow us while you're going through all of this because we have um this is a platform where you get solution it's a solution based platform basically you tuning you try to listen to us and of course we'll bring you content that worth your time follow us on all social media platform at africa tech radio on instagram twitter and facebook and don't forget to leave a comment let us know how this conversation has been very helpful to you from me to you it's peace love and bye-bye as always Thanks for listening and don't forget to catch up on all the live shows right here on africatechradio.com.